Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Abundant Solutions Hour. Ladies and gentlemen, tonight our show is going to be a powerful, powerful show, and our goal is to help others be more, do more, and have more. I also would like to welcome our faithful our faithful co-host, Brian Henderson. Ladies and gentlemen, tonight's show, I can't say it enough, tonight's show is uh, is going just to be it, it, oh my goodness it's just so powerful tonight our best tonight our show will be our best selling author Olivia D Stiff her book is if God is my lover why is my bed so cold Olivia are you there yes hello Olivia I'm so I'm so excited and so pumped up that I'm falling <laughs> over my words I'm falling over you and I we've been talking all day yes tonight get that out. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm probably falling over myself too. I just could not. Man, I, I, I'm just so excited. And when everybody hear what you have to say tonight, it's just I, I, I think I need to stop talking and just. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Ah, how are you today? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I'm blessed. I'm just I'm just so excited about this interview. I've been telling everyone about it. I've been I don't know. I think. I don't know who sent out the most blast today on my face. I, I mean, if they don't know about it now, they'll never know about it. Yeah. I know I said it felt like I was sending like a thousand blasts yeah. about it. But, it, you know, it's just you get so excited to know that what God is going to do for people and when he gives you a message to help people get through one transition to a, another, you can't, you, you know, you just can't hold it in. Yeah, so you know what? When I, while I was just stumbling over my words a few minutes ago in the opening, I was on the telephone, or I was talking with two other young ladies, two beautiful young ladies, mm-hmm. and I was telling them, you know what, you need to listen to the show. We were just discussing <laughs> some things, and, and, and it's it's just so important that they listen because the things that we were talking about are the things that we're going to cover tonight. Okay, and right. Some of the oh, okay. That, you know what, it's some of the same things that's in your book. Really? Oh, yeah. Right, oh, yeah. right. It's Let me well. give out the call-out number for the, for the listeners. Listeners, if you want to call in, the number is 718. 718- Five zero eight nine six zero zero, and if you have any questions whatsoever for Olivia, she will take your call and she will answer you. Our, our, we also have our co-host on the line, Brian. Are you there? I'm here. <laughs> hey, Brian. Brian. Hey, how here, you doing, Olivia? Here at the beginning of the show. Oh, <laughs> he's quiet. <laughs> yes. Brian, did you hear me at the beginning? Uh, not quite. I was just logging in. Okay, I was stumbling over my words because we have Olivia on. <laughs> <laughs> She's a mighty woman of God. I guess that the anointing oh. you know, coming from her end is what what had me going. Praise God! <laughs> oh God! Because <laughs> Olivia's a nervous wreck, but God, God is good. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Olivia, your book. Where did you get this idea to write this book? If God is my lover, why is my bed so cold? Well, um, (laughs) let me say this. I was going through what I would call my questionable transitional period of being single. Mm -hmm. And um, I had, you know, I had been married twice and everything, and I had went through a lot of different things in relationships. And I had um, just took myself out of relationships kind of and started just focusing on doing things in the church but I still wasn't being fulfilled. I still, you know, felt that, 
if I had a man in my life, that things would be a little bit easier, a little bit different. And um, so I just kept doing things that I felt God wanted me to do. And I still kept going through this lonely period and everything like that. And I was like, okay, if I'm doing everything God wants me to do, why isn't he sending me that special man? And um, <clears throat> I, I went through that transition, and then I did what a lot of people do. I took it upon myself to get that right man, <laughs> and that didn't work. And so, um, you know, I, I, I just started feeling that God didn't want me to have anyone. I just felt that he just wanted me just to go preach. And, you know, I was really becoming a little irritated with it. Mm-hmm. I was beginning to feel that God was putting me on a lot of pressure. And, you know, I just got to be honest. I, I, I was kind of upset with him. Mm-hmm. I felt that I was out there doing his work and doing what he required me to do, but yet um, everybody out, else out there was getting married, people that you wouldn't never expect to get married. And, you know, what was the whole up with me? So um, one day he he just started talking to me because I was crying and I was having a fit. I just, I just didn't care anymore. I was tired of being alone, and I was just dreading just doing anything. I was just like, this is just not fair. So then God just started speaking to me, and um, the book came from a question in my mind. I was like, okay, God is my lover because he was my first love, or at least I was thinking he was. Right, right. And, you know, why is my bed so cold? And um, as I begin to think on that, it goes beyond the natural bed. It, it, it goes into that spiritual comfort, that um, that spiritual rest. So God really started dealing with me, and that's how the book came about. It came about um, he just started showing me things about me, basic things that normally people would just, you know, put on the covers or ignore. But God started showing me that it was things that I had to get straight that I thought were straight, that really I had to go deep, deep into my past. I had to go into my present. I had to deal with a lot of issues before I was even ready to um, be released to a man. Right, right. You know, we spoke just the other night. You, you know, Brian and I, we called you, mm-hmm. and you said something that stood out to me, and it kind of it it broke my heart. Mm-hmm. But it also, I was able to realize that you know what, this lady has been through so much in mm-hmm. her life. Right. You know, everybody they're seeing the book, they're just seeing the finished product. They see this book, and they're reading this book, but they don't have a clue. Mm-hmm. To, as to what you went through in your life. Right. Tell us what happened when you were 12 years old. Okay. Well, <clears throat> when I was 12, first of all, I was raised in a very um, strict religious family. Um, we, I, I was attending a church that was, um, everything was restricted. Um, you know, you couldn't wear sandals. It was a very strict environment. And all I knew was um, giving your life to Christ so you won't go to hell. So um, I got saved at the age of 12, and um, I was in the church, and even then God started using me um, in in a prophetic sense. And I, I, I didn't understand what was going on. I didn't know anything about dreams and visions. And my parents, they tried to, you know, they was trying just learning a lot of these things too. And it was it was very hard. I had a lot of questions. And as a child, you know, you just go to church, you don't ask questions. Mm-hmm. So what happened was I um, I backslid. I went back out into the world. 
and I started um, at 12. You know, I just started skipping school and doing things that I shouldn't do, um, being rebellious. <clears throat> and um, what happened was one day I was skipping school. I skipped school with a girlfriend of mine, and we um, went over one of her friend's house. And when I was there over her friend's house, I was gang raped by four men. Um, I was 13. I was a virgin. And... Um, they sexually assaulted me, and it was to the point that when it was going on, I didn't fight back. I just, you know, just kind of laid there like, okay, this is not happening. And, you know, it happened. I went back home, and I, I didn't tell anybody. I told my girlfriend, but I didn't tell anyone else. And mm -hmm. that following week, I ran away from home. And then when I ran away from home, I got raped again by a 23-year-old. And that's when the truth came out about um, me being raped because when they took the test at the hospital, they told my parents that I was not a virgin. And so when they told my parents that, I had to disclose to them what actually had happened to me. Right. So at the age of 13, um, I had to go through two rape trials. Um, as I went through school, I was teased. Uh, people picked on me. Um, people, um, the guys started giving details about what they had done to me in the bedroom, and um, I had to go through that. So I kind of, you know, I kind of just played it off like I wasn't hurt. I went to a psychiatrist like one time, mm -hmm. and um, my family, you know, I love them, but a lot of times when we don't know how to deal with certain issues, we kind of put it in the back burner. So. You know, it was kind of like, you're going to be okay, just keep moving forward. So it was always a hush-hush thing, you know. So as I went through my teen years, I started um, running away from home. I, um, I, didn't, I didn't do drugs, thank God. I didn't do drugs or anything, but I always, you know, would run away from home, just run away from everything. Mm -hmm. um, so by the time I was 16, believe it or not, I had graduated from high school. I had enough credits. I still did my work. But I still was just out there, and um, I went to college. I went to Old Dominion. I started Old Dominion, and then I um, fell in love, and I dropped out of college. And one thing about my life, um, people, you know, sometimes people love you, but they don't know how to relate to you or how to actually speak positive things to you. A lot of times I was around people that, always thought the worst first. Right. So in growing up, I always would think the worst would happen. So as I was going through my life, I would do things, but I never would finish because I always think the worst is going to happen. This is going to fail. I'm not going to succeed in this. And um, then um, I start just continually getting in bad relationships. I was thinking that my happiness was going to be based on what a man had, what a man could give me. Right. And I was one of those women. I'm going to be honest. If you couldn't offer me nothing, I didn't deal with you. So it was just like a game. And, and then so it was um, to the point which a lot of times we don't even know how things in our childhood affect us. But it's those are seeds that are planted. And when that assault happened, the enemy tried to plant a seed in me. And um, it was a reckless um, seed. It was a seed of low self-esteem. And then uh, what the enemy does when he plants these seeds in you, he plants the seeds, and then he makes sure that you are surrounded by people that's going to make those seeds grow. 
Mm-hmm. And um, so, therefore, he's a lot of negative people in my life. So um, I went through that. I went through bad relationships. I was out there. I did a lot of drinking. I just did a lot of things. But um, I was the type of person, I didn't let people see the inside of me. You know, I was a great actress. I, I would act like everything was okay. But inside, I would go home crying. I was depressed. I was angry. And, um, you know, it just was a lot of negative things. And once again, I was surrounded by people just, well, you just need to let that stuff go. So, um, you know, people don't understand mental abuse. They don't understand verbal abuse because you can't actually see the scars. So I went through a lot of that. And then what happened was, um, you know, I couldn't keep a job. Everything just was, I just couldn't keep nothing. I, I just was like just stuck in a rut. So what happened was when I um, got pregnant with my son at 25, I um, decided to come back into the church. And it was strange because the night that God saved my life, I was trying to figure out how I could kill somebody. Um, it, it had got to the point that I was tired of people hurting me and I was pregnant and um I couldn't figure out how to get my father's rifle out of the house wow. and um, to go and kill this person. And uh, what happened was somebody asked me to come to church. And, you know, and I praise God because at that moment he saved me from what life and, I don't know, imprisonment. I went to church and I just cried. I was eight months pregnant. I cried and cried. And um, God restored me back into the body of Christ. But, um, he restored me to the body of Christ, but I still had issues I had to deal with. And that's one thing that people don't understand, that just because um, you get saved and give your life to Christ, you still have issues that you have to deal with. You're a new creature in Christ, but you still have to address the issues because the enemy is still going to bring them there. And so what happened was I got in church and um, I met a man that was nice. To me, he was a nice guy. He took care of my son and everything. And I was like, well, he's a nice guy. And, you know, I was thinking like a lot of single women, I don't want to have my son growing up without a father. Um, His father and our relationship was kind of um, not in the best was it was in the best relationship, and you know, and I always felt well. If he's in the church, he's a good man, and you know, he's serving God. So what happened was, I actually wasn't in love, but I, I felt I could grow to love him, right. and that was the first mistake. Um, and I'm gonna tell people that um, you can get a good person, and you can be a good person, but if you go into a situation for the wrong reasons, and it's not God ordained, you it's gonna bring destruction. Yes, it will. It's destruction. Let, yes. Let me give the number out in case for for our callers, uh, listeners. If you you you're listening in, please feel free to call in at seven one eight five zero eight nine six zero zero. Again, that's seven one eight five zero eight nine six zero zero. I see um, the lines are the lines are going crazy right now. Everybody's calling in, but I think <laughs> Brian wanted to ask you a question before I go take the uh, first caller. Brian? Okay. Yes, um, I wanted to go back to when you talked about uh, your family not dealing with the issue. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I we've been hearing that a lot as we've been doing these you know different shows talking mm-hmm. about different topics. And primarily in our black communities, mm-hmm. we have this issue of the way that we handle things is we kind of want to push it under the rug. Right. And we kind of want to, like, sugarcoat it like it's not a big deal. Right. And, you know, 
kind of if you can give us a, a picture of how that you know how in your case how that caused you to maybe rebel more or what did that what did that actually do to you the fact that your family really didn't deal with the issue at hand well a lot of times and i think um many times the reason why people try to brush it under the rug they may not admit it but they're actually blaming the victim for it they actually blaming you for getting in the situation and i i think a lot of people go through that and also not only do they blame um the person, the victim, but uh, when you have to address an issue when a person is going through something, especially when your child has go, it has been through an experience like that, you have to examine yourself too. A lot of times parents don't want to say, well, what drove my child to be put in that situation? You know, it, it, it sometimes it's reflecting back on them and they feel like, um, and at the time really it was, it was, it was a, a thing that I couldn't communicate with anyone. I couldn't talk to anyone. Um, that I felt about my problems. Um, growing up as a child, my parents did the best that they could, but as far as sex, the conversation was keep your underwears up. That was it. Right. Um, you didn't go into deep conversation. You didn't discuss sex. You didn't discuss things. And so I, I think a lot of times grown-ups, adults put it on the rug because they don't want to have to deal with their own issues because if they would have had to dealt with me going out there running away, they would have to get to the brunt. Why is she running away? Why is she rebelling? So basically what happened was because no one would actually listen to me, I felt nobody cared. I, I felt that what happened to me was not important. I mean, you know, it was some tragedy. You, you're 13 years old. And those men were between the ages of 17 and um, 23. And um, it happened to me twice. So, you know, they don't understand. See, people like me are faced with an issue. What do you tell your child when she grows, when my daughter grows up and says, Mother, how, what, what was your first time like? You see how the enemy said, okay, how do I explain that to her? Right. You know, I was faced like that. How do you explain the first time when you know your first time you was raped? Um, it's hard. How can someone that's molested by their father explain their first time? So, it, it, you know, things are taken away from you, and when you can't talk to people and they push it under the rug, that's the greater damage to me. Yes, it is. The, the assault was bad enough, but when the ones that you want to confide in and find the support and I don't blame my family because I guess that's the way they were taught. You know, just don't talk about it. It'll go away. But it don't go away. It's still there. No, it doesn't. And you know what? To be 12 or 13 years of age and to have to process something like that Mm -hmm. is just amazing. We have a caller from the 908 area code. Caller, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Hi, how are you? Well, I'm just wonderful. Good. You have a question for Olivia? Oh, Olivia, God bless you. Oh, Lord, have mercy. Oh, God, what a, just listening to your uh, testimony and your life, I just, oh, God, just thank God for you. And yeah, just, praise God. So I really, I don't know, I, I guess I would like to, your book, uh, If God is My Lover, have you all talked about that yet? Um, we get into it. <laughs> we get into it. <laughs> no, so I, okay, so no, no, I guess I just... Um, in terms of, um, you know, having been raped as well myself. So mm-hmm. um, what, do you, what do you think is one of the, um, you know, the safest things that a, a girl could do 
you know, outside of it being a family member and things like that because I work around so many young girls, that they could do that would really help them not put themselves, you know what I'm saying, in a Right. And like going with the friends when you Right. My thing is uh, definitely don't be in places you shouldn't be in. Always let someone know where you're going and especially young girls, to me, it's best to go with a group. Go with a group that you trust because sometimes you go with people and they go one way and you go another way. Um, I don't, if you can't tell your parents where you're going, I don't care if you're – and I know because I, I snuck around. Please tell somebody where you're going. That's why a lot of times men would grab girls and take them somewhere and do what they want. And people say, well, I didn't know she was there. The thing is let someone know who you with and where you're going, and just be watchful. When you start seeing the signs of um, someone um, pressure, even pressure, you can see this one thing people don't understand. When a woman is pressured to have sex and she don't want to have sex, pressured, and she just gives in because you have just broken her down that she just under so much pressure, that's rape too. And a lot of people would debate me on that, but a lot of people minds are so unstable and so weak that they they can't fight them. And some people can be pressured into doing things. And I know that in a court of law, it'll be hard to prove. But no one should be pressured to do anything. No is no. And um, if you get in a situation like that, you know, scream, fight. I mean, just just do what you have to do to grab the attention. But the safest thing is to... Let someone know where you are, who you with, and know your surroundings. Yeah. Know your surroundings. Don't go to some strange place you don't know how to get back home. And Lord knows, take enough money or something that you can make a phone call to someone. Um, the second time that I was attacked, um, I couldn't even call home because I didn't have any money. And um, get a mentor. Young girls, please get a mentor. Get somebody. Somebody somewhere. Get someone that you can talk to, even if you cannot talk to your parents. Somebody, and I just beg adults that may be called into the to the ministry that um, deals with young girls or young men, please open yourself up that they are able to talk to you. Let's keep it real with them. You know, many times we want to act like we never did anything. Yeah. We want to act like we didn't like boys. You know, it's, it's more than just saying, don't mess with that boy because you might get pregnant. I mean, explain to them why. Explain to them what lives, what future they can have. Explain to them the purpose that God may have for them, why they should wait. I mean, just saying don't do it because you might get pregnant. I mean, you know, that's not mentoring. Show them what abilities they have. Yes. Yes. Olivia, we have another caller from the 757 area. Call. Oh, that's my area. <laughs> caller, are you there? Yes, I am. Yes, Praise yes. God. How are you? Hi, hi. Libby, this is Denise Prophetess from Virginia Beach just coming to support you. Oh, hi. Amen, <laughs> amen. This powerful and wonderful woman of God. I just bless God for her life. Oh, my goodness. Praise <laughs> God. I, I just called because I said, Lord, we have never met each other face to face, but we are spiritual sisters. Right, that's right. <laughs> and God is just moving tremendously in her life and in the lives of everyone that she's touching. Amen. Not just through Thank her you, book, Jesus. but just 
through her life. And Amen. And she said, let me call. Because <laughs> I, I just checked my email. Uh-huh. I said, oh, my goodness, I checked it at 9 o'clock. I said, let me call and see what God is doing, and he's just doing his job. Amen. Just bless God for this opportunity just to just to be in fellowship on tonight because God is saying some things that the young people need yes. to know. Yes. And because of the fact that I work with as a, a youth leader for my church mm-hmm. and for different churches, you know, it is it's very important to stay real. As, exactly. It's important for them to know that you are a human being. Right. Title, not not what you know, just because you're real, and they they need someone that they can speak to. That's right. And, and that can communicate with them. And one problem that that we have as far as being in youth ministry is the fact that sometimes we don't want to. Uh, we don't want to look at what they're looking at on TV. We don't want to listen to what they're looking right, at that's right. on the radio, but we want to be able to communicate with them. And one thing that I do is, is through, through you know, MySpace or through whatever form of communication is to let them know, hey, I know what you're listening to. Right. You know, I know where you're going. I know the things that you're going through because we – as older adults, we didn't have to go through as much as that much stuff. Right, as right, now. exactly. You know, and and right now in this day and age, we have to speak into their lives and let them know that they have purpose. That's exactly. That, exactly. Is, then they're going to be on. They're they're going to detour. And I just bless God for the opportunity just to be able to listen in because I have not read the book, but just by what I heard, <laughs> I God, just to have you come and speak to the people, the young women in this in our church. Right, you know, right. This is opening up a door to where you can speak to the hearts of people. Amen. The the, the ones that don't want to tell their parents that they went through right. the same situation. That's right. You know, and I bless God because you have availed yourself and you're not ashamed. No, no. You know, it's... That's, that's the <laughs> if you want to reach somebody, if you want to really be sold out to God and be prosperous in the ministry, you have to be transparent. Exactly. And, exactly. And, and Greg, we were speaking of that. Earlier, being transferred. Because God told me way back, he said, your life is going to be an open book. And um, he had to get me like that prophet that had a face of flint. I can't worry about the faces. I can't worry about what people say because I have been sent here to heal the brokenhearted, to set the captives free through what I went through. And um, I, I use this phrase, my breaking was my making. I had to go through that to let people know that even though that happened to me, that God had a plan and a purpose, that I don't hate or regret that you can be healed, that you can make it through. And even though people may try to plant seeds of doubt, and even though your life may be spiraling down, God will open doors because people, basically it had got to the point in my life that basically people saying I wasn't going to amount to nothing. I wasn't. I never would finish anything. I I, I wouldn't amount to nothing. And um, going back to the marriage part, I got married to a man in church, and it was the wrong man. And what, what uh, happened? What happened? On, on, I'm sorry to cut you off. What happened on Saturday nights and and on your way to church? We we talked about that. Okay. Well, you mean when I was married? Yes. Um, I would get in fights. When I, when I was married, I got into a, my first marriage was just a physical fight all the time. We fought all the time. When I say fighting, I was getting bit. I was getting hit. Um, I got burnt with curling irons. And um, 
that would happen on Saturday, and Sunday I would have to go preach. And uh, that, that was another phase I went through. I was, people saw this anointed woman of God, but the night before I was getting hit, I was getting cussed at, I was getting abused, um, but I had no one to talk to. Once again, I was, see, you see how the cycle teach? I had no one to talk to. I had my friends, and they was like, oh, well, you know, they would say leave, but um, I was caught up into leave and go where? That's and see that's the mentality the enemy will have. Your self esteem is so low. Where I'm gonna go? How I'm gonna make it? He takes he strips you. He don't want you to walk in faith. And um, so he was always um, just he, it was terrible. It just was constantly it was a constant debate over ministry work. I thought I was better than him. And and then what happened was I started walking out the will of God. He started committing adultery. I started committing adultery. So now here I was straddling the fence. Um, I, and one thing about it, I never would get in the pulpit when I was in these relationships. I, I guess I thought I was doing something there. But I had, now I had to struggle with being in the ministry and an adulteress. So I, I, I had to go through that. And, um, and that's why my heart is with a lot of ministers out there. You know, my marriage was terrible. I, I was uh, I was going through this, and then I was meeting men again that were saying the right things. And in my weak mind, I just went and, and started those type of relationships. And, um, you know, God is not having that. Do you think the men came at you because you were in the pulpit just to see just how far you would go? Well, I'm going to tell you, it's funny because the enemy, and, and this is true, and my, my sister always bring it up. One time I was have I was in a relationship with a man, and um, we was out, and he said, you know, isn't it funny if God came right now, both of us would go to hell? Mm. Now, you know, <laughs> yeah, I was, and, I mean, the enemy constantly was tearing me up, and, and um, the anointing, is is challenging to some people. They want to see how how can I break that person. The enemy sitting there. These anointed men and women of God. He has people sitting in the church waiting to take you out, waiting to break you down. They are sent there. You you know they talk about a Jezebel spirit. Well, I, I call them Ichabod spirits. You know Ichabod when the spirit, when the glory of God had left. They're coming to take it. They want to come. And, they want to come, and they will vex you. I mean, I was there with this man that um, was my lover, and he told me, "Isn't it funny if God come right now, we both will go to hell?" And then he went and told me that he was sent. I mean, this is how demonic it was. He told me he was sent to take me down, and um. I was so caught up in a stronghold that I should have read there, but I didn't. So what happened was one day this man called. I had tried to break off the relationship, and the man called me over to his house. And when I walked into his house, he had a steel bat. Hmm. And uh, I knew right then that I was going to die. You know you know, you're ready to die. He, I knew I was ready to get beat for the last time. And uh, what happened was, oh, I thank you, Jesus, that he walked past me. And he took my car, and he beat that car. He broke every window. He bust her caps. He broke off the mirror. The car, when the police came, they had to mace him to calm him down. And um, he just kept saying, do you love me? Do you still love me? I mean, he, and God told me right then, that car was supposed to be you. And the police told me they have never seen a car 
ripped apart like he ripped that car apart with that bat. And then you know what the thing was? I had to call my husband to tell him that my lover just destroyed the car that he bought me. (laughs) Okay, so what I'm saying is when I tell women, please, let God lead you to the right person. Please wait on God. I'm not saying that because I'm just trying to say it so you can just stay in single and stay lonely. The devil is out to kill, steal, and destroy. And he is doing it by any means necessary. And um, just to move the story along, I, okay, after that, I, I um, eventually I got divorced. and I didn't think I could make it, but I stepped out on safe and I Stepped out there with $300, and I said, Lord, I'm going to make it. I'm going to make it. And I just started focusing on what God wanted me to do. But I still was feeling incomplete. I um, went through depression. Um, I moved to New York. I just was wandering. I still was not focused on what God wanted me to do. And I'm going to tell you, a lot of times you could be working in the church for the Lord but yet doing nothing. And that means that you're doing everything except what God wants you to do. And that's what I was doing. So because I was all of the will of God, I met another man in church. And, and I keep stressing in church because I want people to know that the enemy is sin in church. Because a lot of people feel like just because he's in church, I'm safe. No, the enemy is in church. You're safe when you're walking in the will of God. Well, I went and got married again. I had just went through my daughter being hit by SUV. I had just went through um, the doctors telling me I was going blind. And, of course, I was feeling very sad. I was feeling very lonely. And here I go again, this man working in the ministry. What happened was, ladies, and we get caught up in this, we started having sex out of marriage and then just to go on the scripture, it's better to marry than to burn. Please get revelation on that. That does not mean because I can't keep my panties up, jump in bed, um, just jump in marriage because of sex. That's another setup. Well, I married this man. He was the perfect man. We had the perfect family. We had the perfect home. Well, um, one day he got angry with me. He accused me of being a lesbian because I had um, was helping a friend go through a situation, and he left. And then when he left, that was the best thing that happened to me because I found out he was still married. He was still married. And um, <laughs> so God told me, okay, you know he's married. And, look, I was, the Bible, I, was a, I was the Bible study teacher. And I was like, how can this happen to me when I'm the Bible study teacher? But look at me. The Bible study teacher was having sex out the will of God, trying to get cute and get married so I won't be in fornication. And I got into a worse situation. Yeah. Well, I had to pack up and leave the happy home. I had to leave because I knew that man was still married. So now I had to deal with God had to literally rip those emotions because I was loving him like a wife loves a husband. But he wasn't mine. So God said, okay, Libby, you got to be alone for a while. And that's why, when I went through that transition. Yeah. He, I had to be alone. It was too much in me that he had to deal with. God had to let me see me. I didn't know who I was. I based everything on being happy with a man. And see, that's when I had to go through that period that God said, I must show you who you are. And when God showed me who I was, that I had nothing, I had lost everything, but I had everything to gain. That's when he told me to start this book. Wow. You know what? A lot of the ladies that Brian and I have been talking to all this week, all of the emails, it, we received so many emails. I mean, 
it's just it's just beautiful because they're these women are 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 looking and they're seeking, you know, to find that relationship with God. That's that's what they want. That's what a right. lot of people want. And it's not just the women that's emailing us. We get a lot of emails from a lot of a lot of the guys too. So right. you know, people are hungry. Right. They're looking for that solution and I think that's what you're giving us tonight. You're giving us a solution right. to to the problems. And a lot of times when we go to church, we sit in the church, and we are looking for that solution to our problems, and we leave church more confused than when we came in. Exactly. We you we know? still have that empty. We're still empty. Yeah. And um, yeah, when I started right. writing this book, this book was like a healing for me. God had to sit me alone and show me me. See, I didn't know who I was. I was doing everything in church. I had, I have did everything in church. Whatever title you want to give me, I have done it in church. But I wasn't doing anything because I kept going in a circle. Why was I still poor? Why wasn't I able to hold anything? What was, what was the problem? Why, God, are you allowing this to happen to me? But God said, I'm going to show you what it means for me to love you. I'm going to show you what it means to be a woman, not only spiritually, but naturally, physically. And he just started getting me together. I started caring about what I eat. I started caring about the way I look. I saw abilities in me. He told me, go right. The Lord told me, quit my job. That was number one. I said, what? He said, quit your job because you're not going to have time to work where I'm ready to take you. And. I had a negative $70 in the bank and three children to feed. And he told me to quit my job. I quit my job. He told me to write this book. I was writing this book. I did not know how this book was going to be printed. And to be honest, I haven't put a dime to this book being printed or anything. He took, he brought people on my path. I studied. I went, um, a lot of doors was being closed in my face, but I kept writing. People kept talking about, you wasting your life. Why are you writing a book? But let me tell you something. When God put a vision in you, you walk with it because you, God has shown that vision to you. Nobody else may see it, but if you know it, God has shown you the vision, and he's going to make it come to pass. And I live on the scripture that I am confident of this very thing. He that has begun a good work in me is able to finish it until the day of Christ. I had to stay there. When we ate beans and franks, oodles and noodles, one pack of Kool-Aid had to last for a week. I said, I'm going to stand on what God said. Men were coming once again. God sent me to... um, be your husband. I'm I'm talking about men that have their churches established, men that have their homes. But you know what? I was seeing so much where God was taking me that I was now able to say no. God was showing me that, girl, you got too much in you just to settle for anything. So he started showing me this. He started opening doors, and he started letting me know this is going to be a book. This is going to be a play. This is going to be a CD. And I kept seeing these things, and people, once again, the enemy coming again, it's not going to happen. It's not going to work. But I said the devil is a liar because I know what God is doing for me. And then God told me, he said, I don't want you to worry about a thing. He said, I just want you to walk in faith, and I want you to tell your testimony so it can be the healing nations. I'm going to send you worldwide. I mean, God just started opening doors. The book, I went through a process. I didn't know what to do. I met Dana Hannah, the um, just in online, Dana, the, ones on my, the one on my book cover. I said, I need somebody for my book cover. Can I use one of your pictures? This woman never met me. She said, sure. 
people that you don't even know God was sent on your path to get you where you have to go. I didn't know about publishing a book. I published my own book. I got every, the ISBN number. I got everything. People was talking about me. People were saying, you know, constantly talking. It can't be done. But you know what? I said, Lord, I never finished anything in my life, but I'm going to finish this because my destiny, my purpose lies in this book. And I, 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 the book was supposed to have come out in December. It didn't come out. And then I went through, like, Lord, is this you? But I'm going to tell you something. When God tells you to do something, you do it because even though you may not see it, it's going to be manifested. When this book came out, January, I did my first speaking engagement. And then speaking engagement started coming all out of the woods. People started purchasing the book that I didn't even know. People were pre-ordering the book. People were sending me their testimonies. And I began to praise God, and even now I'm ready to sign a contract for the play If God Is My Lover. Oh, Lydia, you know, let's give out the information on, on the people to, you know, so they can buy the book. Okay. Um, right now, the book is, um, they can purchase the book from www.amazon.com. In fact, I, I have sold out and I have books on, that um, will be coming in next month on back order. They can go to www.oliviastiff.com slash God is my lover, and they can uh, pre-order the book like a lot of people did before. Right. And, um God just started opening the doors. And I'm going to tell you, now when I look at who I am, you know, I was walking yesterday, and I, I said, I, I don't even recognize myself. I don't recognize this woman that's this businesswoman, this woman that's traveling around the United States doing speaking engagements, this woman that's living on faith with nothing has ever been cut off in my house, nothing. I can't explain how I'm making it. I just know that the same way the ravens fed the prophet, God, I'm going to tell you, Brian and um, Greg, some days I didn't know when I was going to cook food. And, and I would get a big book order in and go to the grocery store. I mean, this, I couldn't go back. I had came too far. Yeah. I couldn't turn around. Yeah. Yeah. And now. What, you know what, Olivia? Uh-huh. Now I think people can understand why I was stumbling over my words <laughs> at, the beginning, at the beginning of the show because your book is so power-packed with so much. Yeah. And I say to any, to all of the listeners out there, please, please buy this book. Please buy this book. If, yeah. you, if you're listening in and you want to call in and ask Olivia a question, I have a couple of people on the lines right now. Okay. Call in number 718 508 Zero zero. Again, that's seven one eight five zero eight nine six zero zero. We have a caller from the nine one nine area code. Caller, are you there? Caller, are you there? How are you? Yes. Hi. Hi. You have a question for Olivia? No, I don't. I just have a comment, really. Okay. I, I, I just, I'm just so blessed. By listening to her testimony, yes. Amen. And, and uh, it is such a needed vehicle to the body of Christ because so many people have covered and put this on the rug. That by they're able to save someone and and set them free. Amen. Thank you. I I thank God. That you are bold enough. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. That you're bold enough 
bring that out. Um, I think we lost the caller. Mm-hmm. I think I think she was on a, a cell phone. Caller, please call back in. We have another caller calling in from the seven seven zero area code. Caller, are you there? Yes, I am. Yes, you have something for <laughs> Olivia. Yes, Olivia, this is your girl, April. Hey, girl. I'm supporting you, girl. I'm listening. Hey, Greg. Hey. I am wonderful. I am just sitting over here. You know You know, I had to tune in. I know you did. You know I had to tune in and listen to my girl. But I do I do have a question for you, actually. Um, listening to some of the stuff that you've been through, you know, you and I have talked, and mm-hmm. our story is almost similar. <laughs> right. My question is, recently, and this is for those out there, you know, that, I have the same question. You talked about earlier how um, people wouldn't believe you. Now, I've been, you know, through the molestation, I told you know, by two female babysitters at, at the age of five. I've been through a lot of different things and rapes mm-hmm. and stuff. Now, I'll be 32 in, two, in about a week and a half. Mm-hmm. And recently, um, you know, God had been dealing with me about forgiveness, you know, mm-hmm. not forgiving the people that did this to me, but forgiving my, my family, such as my mom and dad, for not protecting me. Mm-hmm. Well, I brought, I brought it up, you know, my mom and I we were getting into something, and I brought it up, and she said, well, what's your problem? I said, well, you know, it, it finally came out. You didn't protect me. And the response that I got was, and I told her some of the things that had happened with, you know, some of the family members and my mm-hmm. dad being molested by my dad my, and my stepfather and mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. And her response to me was, I told y'all about y'all wearing them short skirts and low-cut blouses. Yeah. I immediately hung up the phone on her. I know, I know you ain't supposed to do it. <laughs> but no, but you're right because, you know, April and, and you know, we girls. Right. Sometimes, even in this process of writing this book, I had to tell my relatives, no. Sometimes I had to leave. I had to walk out the room. You know, if, I don't care who it is. If, it's, if they're not talking sense, you got to walk away from it. And that was a hard thing. It's hard when you got to confront your relatives about things like that. I guess for me it was more, it's like, well, how do you, I mean, I didn't mention it as a child. And then right. the two things that came out was, well, it, oh, it's my fault that you didn't tell me. And then it goes to, um, well, you were wearing low-cut skirts and low-cut Okay, but you never asked me why I was doing the things that I was doing. They, they never asked, and I think even now, they, they just don't know how to deal with it. I think it comes from where they came from, and I'm sure a lot of them were molested. They just don't know how to deal with it. They, they don't want to address it because it's gonna, they're going to have to deal with themselves in the part that they indirectly played. You know, it, it right. may be because you couldn't communicate with them. And my thing is, even with this show, I, I told my family, I'm doing a talk show and I'm, I'm ready to go deep because people need to hear this. Absolutely. They need to hear this. And I like, you brought up a point about um, being molested by a female. And um, that's another issue, homosexuality. A lot of people think it's um, about a sex thing, but sometimes... And I've known a lot of women that have been assaulted. A lot of people take the route of being in relationships with other, with the same sex. And that's an issue that I was bringing up even in my book. Um, that spirit sometimes lies in people. And um, a lot of times, even in the church, and I always say in the church, you know why? Because people just have this big image of church, but so many people are dead in church. Yes, it's a lot of dead people in church that need deliverance. And I, I thank God for people like you, April, um, like you, Greg, and um, 
Brian, that are bold enough to step out and just say, people need to hear this stuff. Because a lot of people that approach me, women, about affairs, are married women in church. It's going on because people are out there looking for answers. They're hurt. They aren't able to deal with things that happened to them in the past. And all kinds of things are going on and um, that could be just rooted from, like you say, unable to talk to people. You can't go um, to a lot of people, especially when it's a woman that's molesting another woman. They right. really don't. Right. They don't know how to deal with that. I, you know, it, it just. I, it was so funny because you know, like I told you, our connection was a divine connection. Most folks I know that are divine connections with me that I can actually open up and talk to. Mm-hmm. They're people that I've never met. Right. Right. Never. Never met. But I'm sitting here and, and got you know just as well as you. Um, God has me writing a book, and it's like that's therapy. That that's so much it therapy. Is. And you get it all out, but it forces you to go back and deal with some issues. Exactly. And that's. And I'm gonna tell you how I dealt with the rape. This way, that um, my um, husband had, um, uh, he would act like he was raping me, and um, mm. he was like throwing pennies in my vagina, just you know, just trying to treat me like a whore. That's, I mean, you know. And uh, one day I was naked on the floor, crying, 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 and God said, "Stop it." The Lord took me back. Remember, I never dealt with it at 13. He took me back to when I was 13. He took me back to that day, and I praise God for that because God walked me back, and I thank you, Jesus. He walked me back, and he said, the devil is not going to hold you no longer with this. We're going to deal with this now, and God healed me because now God said that, I don't want you to see yourself through the eyes of the natural man, but I want you to see you for how I see you. So that's another thing that I want women to know, that I don't care who abused you. I don't care who molested you. I don't care what man walked out on you. You don't need to look at yourself through a man's eyes, but look through your father's eyes. When God shows you who you are, your self-confidence is going to go up because your confidence is not going to be based on your abilities, but through Christ who is going to strengthen you. You are not a victim. You are a victor. If you blood wash in Christ Jesus, you already are the victor. The thing is, you know, and we went on, like Abel was talking to your show, he who finds a wife finds a good thing. You know why? Because spiritually, ladies, we need to invest in what I call a spiritual dowry. Invest in you, in your in your body, in your health, in your ministry. You are building up your own investment. A lot of times we get men that aren't worth nothing because we spiritually are not worth nothing. Your value is what you do for God. You know, you're taking those talents in the scriptures. What did you do with them? Just keep investing and let it build up. God is going to increase you. And when a man sees that you're working for the Lord, let me tell you why a lot of men are drawn to me. Because I got confidence. I'm not going to try to say I'm Tyra Banks. But because I have a passion for Christ, I love God with everything. I please God. I know how to worship him. God has shown me that the relationship that I have with him is going to reflect and my husband. I honor him. I don't let nobody talk about him. I stand for him. I push him. I push him 
by my ministry work. And see, when I'm learning to worship and serve him, regardless of what happens, that's building up my relationship with the natural man that's going to come. Because I'm so close to Christ that if a man does not reflect him, if a man don't walk like him, if he don't talk like him, he is not the one for me. And I know that when he stepped to me, he's going to have to go through God first. Because he said, he who findeth a wife findeth a good thing. Because God is hiding us as women of God under his wing. And when a man steps to Christ and God allows him to come into that presence where you are, that's when he finds you. See, a man has to find you in that resting place in Christ. And you can't get there if you don't open yourself to let God be your lover first. God is going to teach you how to love a man. He's going to teach you how to submit to a man. He's going to teach you to walk beside him. He's going to show you the values and the virtues and the characteristics a man should have before you even step up to the plate. Because when you say, I do, you can't undo. Do you understand? When you say, I do, you can't undo. And you have to forgive. Now, the people that did what they did to me, I forgive them. Every one of them, I forgive them because you know what? That was the enemy just trying to tear me down from who I am today. And I can tell women that I'm a victor through abuse from mental, physical, verbal. I'm a professional businesswoman. Thank God for April just helping me get everything straight. <laughs> this is an awesome one. I'm t- and like she said, divine connections. All of this is divine connections. I'm just not on this show because you all are some people I met on the Internet. God is getting his word out. God is looking for radical people. God is looking for people to say, I, I did do drugs. I did commit adultery. I did mess up. But look at me now. Now, I'm doing, I'm doing this based on Christ alone. I don't have a man helping me build this ministry. This ministry is built on the foundation of Christ Jesus and his kingdom principles. So now do you think that I will step out there and settle for any kind of man after I went through the ranks and God got me to this level? See, when God puts you to that level that you can see who you are in Christ, when somebody starts speaking negativity to you, you can, if it's not what God has shown you, push it aside. Because all that matters is who God says you are. All that matters is where God is taking you. And God is going to bring a man in your life that's going to elevate you to that next level as you push him to that next level. It's going to be a unit thing. It's not going to be a competition thing. It's not going to be who quote the most scriptures. But we have to get ourselves straight. We have to get ourselves together. We have to not compromise. We don't. We need to stop thinking if I lay with him before I marry him, that may catch him. You know what? When we do that, and I'm going to tell people this too because it's going on in church. When we land up with a man, and God may have sent that man, when you lay up with somebody commit sin, God don't have nothing to do with sin. You're taking God's hand off of that relationship. And a lot of times we mess up. We need to let God do what he has to do. If you think you met the right person, let God mold that man. Let God mold you so when you both come together, it's going to be a union brought together by him because God does things in order, but he has to come first. God has to be that lover first. That's right. Olivia, we have uh, uh, time for one more caller. We have someone from the 919 area code. Okay. Caller, are you there? Hi. 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 Hey, Olivia, this is Sharon. How are you? Hey, girl. <laughs> All my mouth face, buddy. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I, I, I know the time is going on. I just want to say that 
Um, I'm so glad that I got your book when I did. Uh-huh. After you told me, girl, get my book. Yes. <laughs> and it came at a crucial time, and it's been invaluable. Um, and I, I just bless God that you wrote it. I had all these little comments to make, but we don't have time. Oh, I'm sorry. Them, but there's one thing I do want to – well, two things I want to say real quickly. And April kind of touched on it. It's just important. I know when someone had called earlier – and I know I missed the first part of the show because I got home late, but someone called in earlier and you were talking about what do you do to prevent, you know, things from happening to you. And you were talking about, you know, how kids need to tell their parents where they are, et cetera. Mm-hmm. But April kind of touched on this a little bit about the clothing, but mm-hmm. it also has to be said that every time something bad happens to you, you might be in the right place. Right, in terms that's of right. Technically, you were in your house. You were right. in your dorm room. You were minding your business. Right. You were not dressed provocatively. And a lot of times you're put in the position where you're made to feel like it's your fault. That's right. And I know I spent 30-something years dealing with that. Right. And and because that's a common prejudice. But really, a lot of, you know, sometimes, you know, there may be a questionable situation, but sometimes you were right where you're supposed to be right. minding your business and you were taken advantage of. The other thing, I wanted to talk about was something that had been preached on Sunday um, where the pastor was talking about Luke 9, verses 1 through one and 2, when he was basically saying how when Jesus uh, gave the 12 disciples, you know, power, all authority over devils and to kill right. Jesus, mm-hmm. we have to remember that Judas was one of those. He's, exactly, that's right. So you have to remember that the gifting is without repentance. That's right. So you that goes in two levels. One the one that's at church is so wonderful that seems like he is all that yes. he's spiritual. <laughs> that does that don't mean he's the right one. That's right. And the gifting of without and then the second thing is that all of us that have been in church and at one time or another done something questionable when we were in church in leadership or whatever, right. same difference. That's the blessing of grace. That's right. However, when you get in that situation like you said, um you're with the wrong person. The wrong man will lead you in the wrong direction. Exactly. Or exactly. you might have the right man, but he's in the wrong capacity. As, exactly. And, and, I mean, so, it's so many, and, and that's why, as you say, it's it's so important to constantly talk to God and let Him lead and guide you because it's a lot of good men out there, but they're not the right man for you. The right, the right man for you, Sharon, may not be the right. And he could be a good man. So, and, you know, it's it just, you just have to constantly lay before God because your mate is going to be the first thing the enemy is going to go at to try to break you down. Yes, it is. Sharon, that, Sharon, is Sharon. That's the first person. He is going to rip to that mate. So you both have to be stable, and something has to hold it together besides looks and money. Hello. Yes. Yes. Looks and money is not going to cut it. You need that foundation of Christ. Yes. Olivia, we have about two minutes left. Okay. Sharon, what would you tell the listeners about Olivia's book? I would say it's awesome. It's um, When you go through it, you laugh a whole lot. <laughs> Olivia's not too right. <laughs> I have a twisted sense of humor. But really, honestly, she just takes it through and calls a spade a spade. Right. And basically says, you know, she calls you on the carpet on how you act mm-hmm. and how you think mm-hmm. and then shows you the alternative. And the thing about it is it's doable. It's mm-hmm. not one of those, you know, in order to be a holy, sanctified, single woman, mm-hmm. you have to jump up and down three times, throw sugar <laughs> over your shoulder and say Jesus, and then write down the names of all your lovers and burn them. Right. No, it's practical. Yeah. It's common sense. And that's right. why, I mean, with some things I've been through, um, across the board, people are like, I can't believe you're so cool about this. 
but it's because it's a different attitude. I've chose to, instead of survive a situation, I've chose to thrive in it. Come on now, girl. And you preach it. Go ahead. And <laughs> But I was empowered because I found myself surrounded by, as April said, people that you never met. Right, exactly. Who girded you up and all gave me the words needed. And Olivia's book is it's it's thorough and it's powerful. Oh, amen. <laughs> Olivia, Olivia, uh-huh. give, please give your information out. We have about 40 seconds. I need you to give your information out in case someone needs to get in touch with you for speaking engagements or just for some, you know, just to, to get okay. someone prayer. Oh, the, the easiest way to get in touch with me is to go to my website, www.oliviastiff.com. On the website, I have my manager's information where you can actually contact me uh, for speaking engagements, Jay Mitchell, and she will contact you. And I'm also on MySpace, www.myspace.com slash oliviastiff. Okay. And I just thank God for all of you have, who have supported me, and I just pray that you continue walking the wheel that God has for you. Olivia, we love you. We are all getting your book. Yes. And hopefully, I can <laughs> we are. <laughs> and the conference. I have a conference April third and fourth, April third through fifth. Okay. That's well, on the website too. <laughs> good, Olivia. Hopefully, I can close this thing out without stumbling over my words. <laughs> <laughs> you, it, for everybody that was listening, you heard the woman of God. Please get in touch with her. Please buy her book. Please put her to work. She'll fly anywhere. <laughs> Am I right? We'll fly you? for a meal in the hotel room. <laughs> <laughs> that, uh, for those that were listening, you're listening to the Abundant Solutions Hour. Our goal is to help others be more, do more, and have more. And Olivia, I think all of that was achieved tonight. Amen. I, I thank you all for having me. Yes, we thank you for coming on. And for the listeners, be blessed. Until next week.